You're listening to the Punk's Theology Podcast. But there's nothing on the record that makes me really connect with anyone in the band because they live on another planet. They're, you're never going to connect with Robert Plant. He's never, you're never going to walk into the venue and walk up and, hey, excuse me, Bob. But at a punk rock show, you could watch the band load in, say, you need some help? And all of a sudden, you're a bad brains roadie. That's, this could happen to me. Or, oh, you drop this, and like you give the pick back to the guy in the cramps, or whatever, and, and all of that happened. And so the records became part of a thing that was so immediate and so close, it became extraordinarily important and precious to me. that I had low self-esteem. So that's kind of like, I don't know, late 70s, early mm -hmm. 80s or whatever. You got low self-esteem, Russ. So they, their answer was, as a therapist, to really make me feel really good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I did. I started to feel good about myself. But I was still really fucked up inside. So I just became a really confident asshole. Right. <laughs> for listening to Punk Theology. Yes, we are throwing out a challenge for you to be a part of this punk movement, because, well, the good guys, they are the bad guys, is getting excruciatingly boring and unproductive. We have no plan. This is another one of those. What's guys? It's the master of life. I think I would coin these the master of life. You know now. Master of life. Part two or two in the volume. Part two or two in the volume. If this was a series of shows, we could call this mosh pit of life too. Okay. Okay. Throwing it out there. Socks are <laughs> Wait, let me help that. Are we recording already? <laughs> we are. Yeah, oh. stop it and go get your notebook. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss things. Let's already. reboot the show, Russ. Reboot the show! Yeah, this might have to have like six reboots. Commence reboot of the show. Stand by. Rebooting the show. Reboot of the show is underway. Please stand by. Stand by.
rebooting the show. No, I, you were talking about, you brought something up, and then I thought this, that was awesome. We were talking about positive thinking and how, how that's good and bad. No, seriously, this has been a thing in my life. Like, I, I really got into fucking uh, uh, Tony Robbins and, and uh, uh, all those guys. Uh, now their names escape me. You can tell how good how much I was. Self help guys. Yeah, I mean, all those guys. All those Napoleon really, Hill. All those really talented, good-looking men that say all you need to do is believe in yourself. You mean those guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do the rich dad all that guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Much bullshit. That really is. <laughs> That's all you need to believe. Well, in some of them. No, it's some just of a them. Coincidence. Russ, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We'll put yeah. chance on. Some of them were talent too, or practice, or tenacity. <laughs> like the, I read. Uh, down by your bootstraps. Who was it? The golf guy, the older guy. Concentrate, rest of this having a side conversation. No, I, I. This is something that I've struggled with in my life. Like I. There's a certain part of me that wants to believe that positive thinking really does make a difference, and then a certain part of me calls bullshit. And I think it's it's better to have a positive mental attitude than a negative one, but you also... I consider myself a realistic optimist, if I was going to coin myself as anything. I'm an optimist, but I also like... You know, we have to throw in some realism. The American Idol analogy is a good one, where the person thinks that they really can sing, and everybody in their family, and everybody in their group of social, small social, you know, oh, you're awesome, and then they go up in front of the snotty British guy, and he just tears them to pieces, because he really can't sing, like, maybe you should do something else, or at least take classes or something. Um, you're does assuming, that make sense? You're assuming that classes are going to help them. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they, might, they sometimes don't. Sometimes they won't. Right. Yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That's, That's how people get college student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> I just need classes. Uh, you're just. I want to make, oh, a, million, so I want to make a million dollars in my lifetime. I'm yeah. going to go into a quarter million dollar debt to do it. <laughs> so it's seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> the only way you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps is if by your, you're hanging by your boots. That's true. So Edcart totally said what? You were saying something about it. Well, it was because Chuck's been talking about some about being suspect of affirmations and positive affirmations, and I tend to land in probably that camp as well for the reasons you just described. I mean, not to say that it doesn't have its value and positive thinking is better than negative thinking. Uh, the more interesting question underlying all of this might be where do beliefs come from yeah. in and of themselves because an idea will be presented to you and what are what, what are beliefs really? I mean, they're ideas that you believe. I mean, if you strip it down, and so how come some you glom onto and, and and are sticky, and others you don't? Either for the positive or the negative. That's a more interesting question from you know cycle psychoanalytical standpoint. Is is how come some things stick and some don't? Anyway, but what he was talking about this particular piece I was interacting with is that yeah, a, a positive affirmations can have their place maybe as, as you're working through something but you know invariably Bill Gates doesn't look in the mirror and say I'm rich you know yeah. he doesn't need to yeah because real like like being or, or, or be, being just like like in a place of just security and this is who I am you don't need to convince yourself of it you just are that thing right and maybe affirmations can be 
a tool to help you maybe integrate some beliefs that you're trying to integrate. And it's, again, certainly better than negative self-talk. But there's that difference between what do you really believe internally versus what you're trying to cognitively kind of have it sink download. down into your if heart. I can download yeah. it. Yeah. If I can get this from my brain into like my my core being. Into my voice box so I could actually carry it. So down. I can actually... Uh, and, and then there's some stuff with... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm deviating from my heart totally at this point, but that's one of the criticisms of something like The Secret, right? I mean, uh, that was a big thing with Oprah where she was peddling that. And, you know, you have like this... Uh, like positive affirmations and like this board where you're, you know, working on getting to your goal and putting those positive vibes out in the universe. It's like, is it, it might help you feel better about yourself, but you know, don't quit your day job sort of thing. Yeah. And kind of one of the things about the secrets, fair bit of people fuck themselves up pretty good. Yeah. Also yeah. don't tell that guy anything cause he cannot keep a secret. Nah. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> Terrible. So I was Terrible criticized on another guy's podcast on uh, because I I said something about being broke and and well I'm just poor you know right now and he uh, you're just believing that about yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's how. That's what his public critique of me was. And he said it on his podcast. He didn't mention my name, but he said you know I was listening to this guy and. I'm not going to mention his name, but you know he's 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 speaking poverty into his life by saying that, and I think it's like that's going to what you're saying too. Like there's something to there's something to um, being open to opportunity. I think that's part of it. Like if you're if you do have a positive outlook, you're more open to opportunity when it presents itself, and maybe a little more confident because I think confidence is what pushes people forward more than even talent. Right? Well, there's there's Poverty is part of your identity, and poverty is a. I don't have any fucking money, mm-hmm. right? Like those yeah. are two. Well, same he, same word, very essentially different things. He was hearing you say, if I understand correctly, is that you were identifying with it, like on a like. Yeah, I, maybe that's how he was unpacking my 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 place I was in, or just because I was sharing that part of of where I was at and feeling like that. I think I was joking about it too, but but he took it as uh, you know Russ believes this about himself. That can be a thing. Like poverty is just a state of mind, you know. Yeah, you're still an American. It, I mean, it, it, it's one of those there things. Is, that's that's yeah. true. There's it's <clears throat> there's something to it, and it's and there's also something not to if it. If it's just a state of mind, then why are we lobbying to raise minimum wage? Why don't we just tell everybody to think that they're fucking wealthy? Exactly. <laughs> just look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and say you're fucking wealthy. Bills. Yeah, I can pay my bills. The rent in Seattle is not going up yeah. 25%. Look in, look in the mirror and say, well, months. I live in the United States, and I'm better off than most of the world. I want to see yeah. almost all of the world. Yeah. I want to see a politician get up and like really angrily say, like, you guys are not wishing hard enough. Yeah. Like, if we all wish together... How much of the Christian faith is like that too, though? It's like I'll pray for you, and it's really just all I hear is I'm wishing for you. Well, that that, that was something as I was sort of starting to take apart aspects of my faith, where you would read a theology book or a devotional book, and oftentimes what's said 
is remind yourself of the gospel. Remind yourself of the gospel, how wonderful the gospel is, what Christ has already done for you. You know, all this, it's already there. You just have to believe it. It's already been done for you. Just remind yourself of the gospel. And it, it basically felt like this is a lot of sort of like, uh, like cognitively trying to convince myself of something, you know, like remind like yourself, Gates. remind yourself. Bill Gates doesn't have to. Well, Bill Gates is rich. That's, exactly. That's, he doesn't have to remind himself that he's exactly. rich. But, but you do have to remind yourself that, you know, you're healed, saved, whatever, yeah. insert. There's nothing to that, though. Well, There's yes, but, something to it. but yeah. is there in the context of what Chuck, of Christianity, though? Because if I'm all these things in Christ, in quotations, do I really need to, like, I, I don't need to remind myself that um, my mother is who she is, or that my kids are who they are, or that my wife yeah. is who she is. I'll remind yourself of the love that your wife has for you, or that your kids have for you. No, that's just... This is my wife, and I love her. She loves me. These are my kids, my family. If you're really in that state of being, yeah, would you need to remind yourself or convince yourself of it? Maybe that's something also of, of social uh, relationships that go a little deeper than the weather and sports and work life and shit like that, too. Because I think other people are there to help remind like we do that a little bit with each other. I'm not other. saying you don't need reminders. Yeah, yeah. No. but it sounded more like. But a I think that the ego, especially for men, though, the ego can take over and push out the spirit, where you forget about why you're doing what you do, and you forget about your. At least I did. Sure. Forget about my kids. Forget about my wife. I can just. I'm just going to grind forward so that I can prove that I'm not this piece of shit that I think I am deep down. I think there's something to that. Like. Defining worship for me, like a lot of people, worship is you know music at church or whatever. You know, well, you do worship. How was worship this morning, Derek? You know, well, worship was great. I.e., how was the just, music that elicited an emotional response? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's where I kind of go with the bells and smells or pageantry or some of the other anything that you, you know, even doing drugs. I think that if you're looking for ayahuasca to give you the fucking answers. Um, you're just high. I mean, sure, maybe you can have some kind of a religious experience, but it's sort of like you would have, to me, it's sort of like you would have in a church with the stained glass and the music and the smells, and it's like, that. yeah, that's real, but does it carry you through <laughs> Monday and Tuesday intense ones, and Wednesday? I think there's yeah. something we don't know as a society, I don't know, many people know, what to do with hopelessness mm, when we yeah, yeah. like like the talent thing like what do you do with someone who really wants something and you're just like like I don't know what to say bud mm. like it's not gonna happen uh, so we kind of give them this but maybe you can wish it into existence right yeah. like like I don't want to steal your meaning in this like yeah. like this is really important to you and this is where you get a lot of meaning um so I don't want to take that from you because that might like really crush you. Yeah. Uh, which you know ultimately could be really healthy for you, or it could cause you to commit suicide, right? Like, like there's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the spectrum, right? Yeah. Uh, so and so yeah, so so you get and and there's this obligation, or not even obligation, there's this compulsion within us. But like I can't just let you leave on that. Like I can't tell you you're a talentless hack. Yeah. Like goodbye. Like like I still care about you as a person. Like I've got to give you something. So yeah. uh, think positively. Here's some Tony Robbins CDs. Figure it out yourself <laughs> over six months. And See, slowly. Where, where I go with it though is, 
somewhere along the journey, someone had to have realized that we'll take, you know, the American Idol as an example. The kid sucks at singing. So his parents are like, oh, fuck, he's just horrible, but he's trying, okay? But if you tell him that he blows at singing, he's not going to go commit suicide. He just started. He doesn't understand that it's a big passion of his yet. So tell him. He blows. Find something else. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's, I mean, the honest, before, it, before it takes root. I mean, that's a nice ideal, but what do you do with all the parent, the kids who had shitty parents that enabled their, like, like I'm not doing that to I, my I parents, but I'm sure dealing with the results of a lot of people whose parents, yeah. well, and, and there's a lot of people who are like, bad at everything. Well. Like, yeah. like we don't like to think about that very often, but there's some people, like I do a lot of interviews, and there's some people that interview and it's like, you can't have any of these jobs, and like I can't think of a job that you can have. <laughs> like, gotta be, like there's got to be something, right? Derek. Everybody's got some kind of value. Come on. Uh, I don't know. There's yeah, and like, is that is <laughs> that a nice idea or is that real? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You desperately want to believe yeah. that. Like everybody wants to believe that. Yeah. Everybody's got something. Like like yeah. our brains can't even like settle there for a second of like maybe there's some people that don't have anything going for them. But yeah. I grew up in North Idaho, and I could I could point you to a couple people who was like, I don't, I, like, they're in their late 30s, and I, like, I don't see nothing. Yeah. I didn't see, see anything when I knew them. I don't see nothing now. Like, when's it going to click in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think for a lot of people, it clicks in when you get outside of your, yourself and, and actually try and network with others. So, so Lemmy's story is, is pretty fascinating. Like, Lemmy from Motorhead fascinating guy. I don't think there's anyone that can say, Lemmy, singer. Like, that guy should sing. <laughs> he's, just, he's just like metal, fucking biker metal. I heard a, a thing he did, he covered, it was sort of a bluesy thing, it was just like an acoustic thing, and uh, he was covering a song that fucking Robert Plant did or something. Robert Plant is an amazing singer. Lemmy, Lemmy's Lemmy. Right. Lemmy's Lemmy. <laughs> but he gets up and he's going to sing this tune and he goes, Oh, this is going to be a fucking disaster. And then it's almost like I could see a smile come across his face and go, and he says, but I'm really good at those, you know? Because mm. that's kind of who he is. And he, did he nail it? Would that song be on the, you know, top 40? No. But it was Lemmy. And everybody, he's just, like, there's something to that guy and the way he put that band together and the way he did So you life. seem really uncomfortable with the idea that some people just, like... Don't have any Don't redeeming have value. <laughs> Which I'm not yeah. saying is absolutely true. I get it. But oh, I'm yeah. definitely saying like, like... I would say it has to be absolutely true. You just haven't seen it. Right. Because it's... <clears throat> the probability of you getting the... Like it's... And that's I always look at it. So the probability of you getting them all right is pretty slim. Which means... But it could happen. Which means the probability of you getting them all wrong is also just as slim. Just as but long. it could happen. And so you put oh. out somebody that's just a worthless piece of nothing. Right. But I think that, that's that's usually has something to do with damage or something. Like I don't no. think anybody is just That's not and that's not what not. I'm saying is that they uh, I'm not saying like yeah, there's I mean there definitely reasons and all that. just just like resting for a second on the idea that there's people out there no matter what the reason is. That just don't have a lot of shit a lot going, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and 
and not necessarily like trying to you know like what the fuck do we do with these like but like what does that do to you is the question I'm asking like what does that do to you to think that there might be people out there that, that just don't have a lot of values to society in general and if it creates an itch of I don't like that why like what I think it goes to loneliness go? that's what I think because and part of this is some of the research I've done over the years and I listen to a, a shit ton of lectures on on life coaching and people that teach life coaching will say there is no one that has no intrinsic value. And if you spend enough time with them, it's, it's sort of like cultivating a field. And they may not have anything on the surface that you could see. And there's people that deal with just disaster human beings. There's stories out there that would blow your mind. But when, and I think that's what a life coach does, and that's what they're taught to do, is to cultivate whatever... And, and they'll say about the American Idol person, like, that person just doesn't know because they've been growing up in a shell or a bubble or a bunch of people that don't like conflict or controversy, you know. So they're not cultivating that person like you were saying. That's, that's cultivation, just to jump in and say, you know what, singing's probably not your thing, but hey, buddy, there's something out there for you. It's just not this. Just trust me on this. Or fall down and, you know, get bloodied up, but realize that, I'm, I'm the first one telling you that, hey. And, and life coaches do that. Life coaches, will, they'll beat the fuck out of people to get them to succeed, which is an interesting, it's an interesting concept. It's something that, I don't know if I could do it, but... You ever see The Wedding really Singer? At it. Adam Sandler, yeah, The Wedding yeah. Singer, the yeah, 80s, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, like going back to the 80s, and his wife, or his, his fiance leaves him at the altar, and then jumps to the next scene, and he's like, doing a wedding and he has like this nervous breakdown at this wedding because yeah. you know he got left at the altar and he's just uh, oh, going at it it's like because love isn't he did, before he does the love stinks song right and he's like because yeah. me and the fat guy at this table you know he's going to have a heart yeah. attack if he doesn't eat again soon and all these people on table 14 or whatever table it was and it pants to like these mirrors and glasses yeah, yeah. they're really homely and horrible looking and just like you know probably socially awkward like, me, the fat guy, and these people are never going to find real love, no matter what. Right. And I, maybe what I'm hearing Derek say is, there's just some people that are like those nerds at table 14 in the wedding. They're just, you know, like, uh, maybe there's some redeeming value if you really look for it, but uh, it's not going to be easy for them to get a job, get uh, a partner. And I'm not trying to, <laughs> like, argue that they don't have value. Yeah. Right. Like, that's not my point, and if that's where you hear me going okay. you're listening incorrectly <laughs> or I'm just I'm communicating incorrectly Derek just went super dark and right. existential I'm trying to figure out uh, why we get so uncomfortable thinking that idea because we don't want to believe it about ourselves yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's I mean, a big part of it because that's, that's a human struggle the human identity thing is is I mean like I mean I'm in therapy and I I think that at least in a cognitive sense, I have a lot going for me. I have a tremendous amount going for me. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it, though, all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, me too. But, but you can fall into that, like, well, I'm like that, you know, the fat guy or the people at table 14. Well, no, you're not. You have friends. You, you know, you have people that love you. You have a family. But it doesn't always... I, I don't always love myself well, so yeah. I don't always believe that. You know, yeah. you forget those things. and. I think that's what he's pointing at or what Derek's touching on is we're uncomfortable with it because 
you have to fight against those feelings of worthlessness, even if you have the uh, acknowledgement and, and wherewithal to realize that, no, I actually do have a lot going for me. It's still some work to not fall into that pit sometimes. Because yeah, yeah. we all go through that. Like I'm, I'm, I exactly. think for me, when it comes up, it takes me to a place of, of like, I feel worthless. Uh, but compared to this other person, I'm not that worthless. It's a comparative thing. Yeah, but it's and that makes like that feels so awful. Like something that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's kind of something to that, and also, and then it gets reflected back on me. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, because you know what's the, what the fuck is wrong with this whole system? Right. Because I don't feel like I'm worth very much, and I'm worth way more than this guy over here. And I have empathy for this guy, and you know, like, and I, you know, this is just the arrogant prick stuff that goes on in my head. But there's, it's this whole ugly bath of ego and self consciousness, and you know, a really strong desire to be loved and valued. Yeah. Um, I think that there's th- that's a big reason why people go into uh, oh, what's the word? Confirmation bias, you know, and I think that it makes us feel good to find a, an enemy, you know. Like, like, like yeah, and I think church some, sometimes churches do that. Well. Those people over there, most of the time exactly. Do. Those most people, of the time, churches those do that. Sinners. And that's it's a, sort of like that's a basic foundation of most churches. Yeah, like Derek and I. Who's the bad guy? Let's identify the bad guy first. <laughs> yeah, then first. the atheist. Nietzsche, bad guy. Like, wait, no. You know, there's sometimes when, when people, when especially Christians, go after atheists, and I'm sitting there going, eh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I identify with <laughs> fucking Sam Harris more than so you're, a lot of pastors. Your God was a scapegoat to end all scapegoats, and yet Christians still scapegoat. It's, it's, it's a human <laughs> exactly. thing. It's, it's not just a But then we don't know it. That's the thing. It's not, it's a subconscious thing. That's the Israelites thing about Israelites were in this circle all through. Time. Oh, oh, yeah. They were, they so we're, still, we're still in it. It's a human thing. It's a hu- yeah. scapegoating. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a human thing. Or, or, or confirmation bias. If we can find, if we can all find a bad guy, and that's the cool. So one thing I like about church is that when I go there, there's people there that don't agree with me. So there's a, a certain amount of real community that happens in a church where you're able to talk with people. And, and, and address things and be friends in the room. But I think that the way that some churches try and pull everyone together is is that idea that uh, uh, my enemy's enemy is my friend, right? Mm. <laughs> so so we may, you may be a conservative, I may be more liberal, but those guys, like we can prop up some fucking person to hate out there. It can make us all feel like a. It's really weak and stupid, and maybe American and. No, no, it's not. It's it's not even American, is it? Foundationally, so there's human. a uh, fairly famous. I think it's an Arab saying. Uh, it's me against my brother. Me and my brother against my cousin. Me, my brother, and my cousin against my neighbor. Me, my brother, my cousin, and my neighbor against against the guy who's out of town. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. it just builds from there. Yeah. And so there's always contention somewhere. It doesn't matter how small you break the group until you get down to one person. Yeah. There's, there's, and that's like this basic human observance of like, like I just there's something inside of me that I need, I need to be in the in the inn. Yeah. And I can't be in the inn if there's not an out. Yeah, it's like the little observation. Like, like I, I might really uh, 
be pissed off or afraid of the Russians and the Chinese, but if all the worlds happened, yeah. I bet we'd be friends right. with the Russians and yeah. the Chinese. Yeah, right. That's what I was just going to say, the, the movie uh, Independence Day. Oh, yeah, right? perfect example. Yeah, There's yeah. so much sci-fi that's built on that example. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. makes so much Actually, sense. Honestly, yeah. I'd say more than half of sci-fi yep. is the world united because some aliens came, <laughs> and all of a sudden our petty little wars... Uh, got washed away in the need for survival. Yeah. And then, yeah, we finally have an alien that we can hate. Hey, I think that's in Revelations, too. That's actually in Revelations, where all the, the Muslims, the Jews, all, everyone comes together to fight the man in the blue turban or some shit. Well, they use the m- multitudes in white robes, and you assume that, yeah, they're from every tribe and every nation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then we, we're talking about this on the... Uh, on the eve of uh, Art Bell's departure from planet Earth, and maybe the aliens are coming now that he's left us. <laughs> I used to love listening to Art really? Bell. Really? I didn't know he oh. passed on. Did yeah, he died. Wow, really? Yeah, just this past week. You guys listen know. to Art Bell? I listen to Art Bell every so often. What? Do you know who he's talking about? No. You guys know who Art Bell is? You guys don't know who Art Bell is? <laughs> is? Coast to Coast oh. AM. Hey, John. Hey, John. I don't know who Art Bell is. Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> If pre-internet, you you went on a road trip that was past like what twelve midnight till anytime you're like five a.m. He was on the radio talking about aliens, crazy conspiracies. Oh yeah, crazy conspiracies. Yeah, it's so funny. Just listen to yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You just you have the wildest freaking guest. Hey Chuck, it must be an extra thing. Must be. It could be a genetic thing. It could be. Rob Bell. Because they're the millennial friends. Don't know about <laughs> Art Bell. Could. Rob Bell, however, yes. So, what does this have to do with uh, positive thinking? Um, <laughs> we got super positive. Man. I don't We're know. Just Russ. coming, Tell coming me. right back around, bringing it right yeah. back around. See? Why don't you look at our outline <coughs> script and tell us what you had written down? It's out in my car. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have it memorized, so... Yeah, we definitely sat down and talked. There's something to positive thinking. I'm not discounting all of it, but, but what I'm saying, though, is where I become suspect, and I'm just talking for myself, is when I'm, I'm trying to work through something or convince myself of something. And through therapy, and I've talked about this before, so much of it for me are things that I've computed cognitively but haven't internalized uh, it, or integrated into a belief system. And I think that's what... Therapy is really useful for and good for. It's like, um, you know, my my beliefs on love or, or, or God or, or myself have changed, but I haven't totally realized, appreciated, or integrated those things. And it's not like you're trying to convince yourself as much as it's like that's part of the shift for it to happen in the head before it sinks down yeah. into the heart. Yeah. To use some Christianese language, but. I think there's something to that, though. It, it's a process. Recovery language, too. It is recovery language. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, sure. I'm, I'm that sure. 18 inch distance from your head to your heart. And part of that process, it, it, I, I think it could be a and trap. You're and paint. Or, or it, it could be something that's an unintended consequence, like you know, trying to convince yourself of something that that's, you don't really believe. Okay, so just use the Christian language then, so your changes from inward to out. To show outward, not an outward change to change your inside. I think so the biblical language would be like the the spirit and the flesh, right? Which I which I believe is the spirit and the ego. <coughs> like we're all in the spirit and the flesh are in war with each other, or some of that language. I just read a meditation from Richard Rohr where he was talking about some of the original language of Pauline epistles and saying 
if you ever get hung up on the flesh, because it's very Greek, very dualistic, you know, what Paul, at least what Richard Rohr is opining and, and drawing from other sources, is it's much more accurate to, when you're in, encountering that, to replace the word flesh with ego. And yeah. it actually makes more sense and it's actually more helpful and constructive. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. It's yeah. an exercise. Otherwise, hadn't been born yet, so we didn't know what ego It's just Greek and dualistic <laughs> and the body's bad, so you have to suppress it. Yeah. Like, no, it's your ego. Okay, that's a little different. Because that's, yeah. yeah. Makes more sense. It's good language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, where are you going with that? Recovery language. Uh, eat flesh and spirit. Yeah, okay. There we go. Back to <laughs> But yeah, I think that to touch on what Chuck was talking about in the, in the Christianese, if I'm going to go back to the ancient scriptures, um, I think that that's what, that's what we all are all doing. I think that a big part of this, for me, I'm not so big on positive thinking as I am a grateful heart. And that's really helped me through through my recovery process of getting off dope and, and uh, all the other... Cultivating gratitude? Cultivating that, gratitude? Is that what you would call thing. it? Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's I think that's what I'm talking about. That's like a having having thing. a grateful heart means like, you know, I am pretty I'm pretty wealthy as far as the wealth the world's concerned. You know, I have a house, I got chickens in my backyard, I got more than one car. Um, so there's there's something to that. And and my kids aren't in prison, right? Like I'm not I'm not uh, and I'm not addicted to those things anymore. I'm not living on a tent in the... Sometimes I, I look at people, you know, driving around Seattle, and there's there was a guy on the way here who was, like, dancing around on the road, probably on heroin. <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, that could have been me. Like, seriously. To, to Sometimes I think about that. Like, uh, with all the bills and all the pressure and all the shit, like, who am I to judge some of these people, Right. Like, maybe they don't want a minimum wage job where they can't fucking afford to even get by. Living on a tent, being on heroin is, is not a bad... It, the way I used to think. Homelessness and street drugs could be an option. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, compared it's to... It's not the worst option. It's <laughs> yeah, no, not. Right? Yeah. It's better than prison. Right. It's better than... Well, even prison. Like, you get fucked three I times in a cot. for me. I mean, they have cable and internet. They have cable? <laughs> yeah, they have cable. <laughs> well, and, and, and to that point, my minor pushback on Russ's observation to his earlier part of what he was saying is, you know... Grateful heart. Well, well I, I think it's okay Hashtag to... Hashtag grateful heart. Hashtag punk theology. Shut up. <laughs> it's okay to... Go back to our triggers episode. Unapologetically <laughs> just insert that... Um, my existential experience is as a 21st century uh, middle-class American male, and that's where I'm coming from. So, white man. Uh, no, I'm not white, no. actually. But so you look white. I know, I might look Caucasian. Anyway, my... John's Latino. Yes, I am. My point is, though, not that it matters, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> You know, like I, 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 like like the church Arthur and I attended for, for for years together. They, you know, they they did like the the setup church, the the moving van church, where every yeah. week was like fucking, you know, 
helping your buddy move, like like unloading yeah. these huge cars. <laughs> <on> the <laughs> I thought that was a analogy. Like, it was like that. <laughs> yeah. It was so stupid. It sucked. <laughs> I but, still live that. But, 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 but <laughs> some of the gaslighting or the manipulation would be, well, hey, I mean, the Israelites had to set up the tabernacle. They didn't grumble about <laughs> it. You, know, you have it so good. They sure as fuck did. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is the fucking shit. But you know, my pushback to that. Yeah, I made water come out of a rock, motherfuckers. My pushback to that over time was, you know, you're trying to manipulate people because here's the truth: is I'm an American. I like parking places. I like cushions on my seat. Okay, I shouldn't have to apologize for that. You, you know, it's because I'm, I'm a fucking American. I'm so, soft, okay? I'm soft. Relative, relative <laughs> to world history. No, but, but but there's something to that, though. It's That's like true. it's like, right. well, I'm an American. I'm one of the richest people on the planet. Yes, but relative to other Americans, how are you? And that's kind of more the question. And I don't like to do the comparison thing. It's ultimately an attitude of of the heart and the mind and, and values and having gratitude, like you're saying, appreciation for what you have. But but you you can't compare yourself to. Uh, you know, someone living a thousand years ago on another continent because yeah. you have it better than they do. I mean, you might. That's true. But that's not your experience. Guaranteed you do. Guaranteed you do. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed you do. But, you know, yeah, you have antibiotics. <laughs> you, you have... I sold uh, supercomputer in your Antiseptics. <laughs> yeah, supercomputer uh, in your pocket. Pocket. Grand, there's other stressors that come with we that. We might as well finish this. But you, but you do, though. For God's like, sake. like, if you're going to make comparisons... The, the more apt one, I think, is relative to other people in your environment or in your in your area. I think I don't know. Talking out loud, I, I sold pizza when I was going through my recovery from the sex addiction. I know this is not a thing, but it's sort of a thing. Um, when I was going through recovery for that, I had a lot of that kind of thinking where I'm just an idiot. I'm a, like I'm a fraud. Um, wasn't completely out with everything yet and I sold pizza to Children's Hospital and that was one of those wake up calls talk about grateful hardship like I mean it's funny that they let me sell pizza at, at Children's Hospital like I don't know <laughs> I don't care hospitals were great especially at shift change because people were like the pizza guy freaking Harborview oh my god I could walk in there with 30 pizzas and they'd be freaking gone and if I was there right 7 o'clock because it was shift change. That place is a zoo. People don't have time to eat, and they just doctor shelling out. Yeah, what do you got? Eight? You know, it's fifty bucks covered. I'm like, yeah, fifty bucks covered. And uh, but Children's Hospital, like, holy fuck! I just I remember just being in awe, walking into a room and seeing a, an eight year old with cancer, and their parents are sitting there, and I'm like. Hey, I got pizza. Like, I didn't want to charge them at that point. Like, I feel like a, right. a shit just out here. They're five dollars. Yeah, five dollars isn't a lot of money. Um, I did give a lot of pizza to Ronald McDonald's house, which is right down the street, where where parents from all over the states would just stay there. They'd let them stay there for free, so they didn't have to pay for a hotel or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's another one of those things, right? Like, you see that and you go, "Holy crap!" Like, what do I have to bitch about? You know, that's just a. That's but a, you still do bitch. Oh yeah, and it's fine. And it is fine. I think that's John's point. No, yeah. no condemnation. <laughs> that's right. What, okay, so it's human to bitch. Yeah. Why are some beliefs more sticky than others? More sticky? Yeah, some some things just because some beliefs smell like candy and some beliefs smell like broccoli. 
<laughs> Broccoli's good for you. Yeah. Can you convince yourself? Yeah, we'll we tease that out. What, do you, what do you mean by that, Derek? I Some beliefs sound really good. They do things to you that fulfill your inner desires. Right? Um, and and those negative or positive? Uh, I don't know. Just <laughs> right? Just Is two. candy a negative or a positive? Right. It's both. Maybe that's the what we're critiquing positive thinking for is it's more candy. Like if I can just think positive thoughts, then, it, right. then I can exactly. flood my yeah. my body with candy. Even and, though and thinking realistic thoughts is broccoli. Well, like so it's the, okay. Think some think some positive thoughts, but also like eat don't broccoli. Eat some fucking broccoli. Right. Yeah. <laughs> some of it's an element of conditioning. Obviously, I mean, there's I, I saw this meme a couple weeks ago. It made me laugh. It, it's it's not like that original. It's been around a while, but I just saw it, revisited it, and came up in my feed. But it was like. Uh, this Christian person talking to this atheist person about, you know, aren't you afraid of of hell or eternal conscious torment or whatever the consequences might be for your life or your actions? And the atheist pushback is, you know, are you afraid, are you afraid of going to Muslim hell? And the Christian's like, well, <laughs> yeah. well no, I mean, I, I don't believe in that. That's, well, yeah, I see. Why don't you it's, it's kind of like that. It's kind yeah, of it's exactly What if you're like born that. in the wrong country, motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. Right? But those beliefs are sticky. Yeah. yeah. When, when you're being, uh, you know, when you're being taught them at a in childhood, they stick to you. Yeah, yeah. But there, there seems to be certain things, though. I mean, negative beliefs stick to you too. Because I like. What's an example I can think of? I mean, all of us have our insecurities or, or our issues. But like, like, uh, like if I told Derek, like, um, you know, you're not very smart, and you uh, are you know, getting fat and, um, you know, your skin is getting increasingly, like, you know, green. I mean, he, he would laugh at me. He was like, you know, I, I would think, at least when I talked to him. I, however, would feel like shit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, only for feeling, but only for being green, though, right? I'm, hey. Yeah. Like, 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 too much broccoli. You know what I'm saying, though? You're not going to identify with, with right. negative green. things if you're not likely to believe them about yourself, per se. You, you right. know? But that's but when, why the, the best burns are the ones that are closest to home. Mm, right? Like, mm. when it comes to, like, roast comedy and stuff. Mm -hmm. The stuff that really, you know, is the best is the stuff that is right up against the truth. Right, yeah. that's the shit that hurts. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think some of that's like it's good for like celebrities because their egos get so big. I mean, those roasts started like in the '60s, Frank Sinatra and those guys, and it was so it was really kind of good for them to be brought down to a human level where. Then they got kind of mean. Well, that's the whole idea. <laughs> that's they the, are mean though. Some of them are mean. That was the purpose then. of a jester. In the city of yeah, was to yeah, they were the only people that could make fun of the king, mm. like that, and that was the idea. It's like you got to keep them alone, they're humble. Wow. Um, Unless they cross the line, then they can't. Who was it, Jeff Ross? That was looking at Charlie Sheen, going, "So your your wife left you, your kids got taken away from you. Like if you think you're winning, I think your scoreboard's broken. <laughs> that shit's just that shit's just mean, but." Like, he went into rehab, right? Did he? Yeah, he's probably been in a bunch of times. I don't know. <laughs> Amy Winehouse wrote that song, Rehab. Amy well, no, Winehouse. That was a cover. 
Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a cover. Oh, was it? Yeah. But like, she was criticized for it. Yeah, she does a great job. She does a great job. Like she, like she she's singing it like she... And she'd been to rehab. She, like she yeah. knew what she was singing. Yeah. <laughs> she'd been to rehab, and, they, and that's the thing. It didn't stick. It didn't stick. That's common. Yeah, How come rehab sticks sometimes and sometimes it doesn't? What's that about? I think for, I me, for me, it was because they sold me sobriety. Sobriety is your thing. You can get sober, you're great. So I wasn't drinking hard alcohol anymore, but guess what? Cocaine and methamphetamine... We're we're standing right there, going, "Hey, buddy, come on over." You know, we got we got. We'll keep you awake and feeling confident about yourself. We'll help you focus. And uh, so I, I went for that. Sometimes I'm going to sit down and we're going to write out a timeline of your life events because I get super turned around and tell oh, yeah. what happened when. Which rehab? No, just alcohol was rehab. I went to a few groups for. So the, you did you did the alcohol thing first, and then yeah, you, but you did math after that. I was 16 when I was forced into rehab by the state oh. of Washington. I was just a kid. Henry Rollins has talked some about like the monkey on some people's backs, where um, it's always there. Like, like if it's not the monkey, it's being addicted to talking about the monkey, uh-huh. which yeah. can happen. Yeah. You know, and that's like what a lot of like AA groups can be and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have a friend in like the throes of addiction, and I, I get concerned for him because. In his life, I don't know if he has anything to fight for. Mm. And no, I'm talking about a friend of mine now. Oh, like, okay. like, like, where I, I think you almost need some something or someone to fight for. And so if you don't have that, the basic meaning, meaning, man needs meaning. Like, man. Well, ultimately, you got to fight for you. I think I started fighting for my wife and my family when I started my recovery from uh, from the SA stuff. But ultimately, it had to be for me. Because to do it for her, I don't think that works at first, though. Yeah, maybe not. Because yeah. you hate yourself. You hate yourself, or you're just focused on this. Kind of going right? to catch twenty two. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I would. Why would I do it for me? I hate myself. I have to stop hating myself in order to. Yeah. Or the better, or then, nobody else loves me. So why should I love myself? Meanwhile, you know, and that's a negative belief that we have. Yeah. You know, and it's meanwhile everyone that's one thing does love you actually. Out. Yeah. Right. that's something that the whole being addicted to the monkey on the back was something I saw we were talking about that in group this morning about about religion and how church can can do that like I saw that in recovery group that that reminded me of bad religion where where somebody was starting to get talk about seeing a therapist and and they're like oh no you just need this you just need us and you need to call yourself an addict every week and come in here and and share your What's shit, and and uh, talk about how you're not drinking anymore, you know. And and they were kind of shitting on this person for going to get help with a with a therapist. And I'm and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this isn't healthy. <laughs> Even I was pretty young at that time, and just but something clicked in me, going, no, nah, that person's trying to. And it reminded me of church because that person was woke to a certain extent. They were getting ready to leave the institution that was this recovery group and everybody like like the crab analogy. If you're if you're gonna roast crab or you're gonna boil crab, you put three crabs in the pot, not one, because one crab will just crawl right out. You put three crabs in the pot, they'll freaking pull each other back (laughs) in and they'll all you'll cook three crabs. So that's sort of what you see in religion. That's sort of what I saw in recovery. Just get the hotter water in the 
<laughs> water hot enough. There's no gravity. You jump right out. No. It fucks with the analogy. Yeah, yeah it totally fucks with the analogy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's I an emotional word. So picture. going back to John's thing about why do we have negative sticky thoughts? Or just why certain even well, so possibilities. This specifically about negative, negative negative ones. Um, and it comes down to there's a you know, a thing that I connect to, it's, it's kind of a funny, it's a, it's a joke thing, but uh, it's that pessimism is the more optimistic standpoint because I'm either right or I'm pleasantly surprised. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. But that's a huge yes. it's thing. Because oh, if I is. believe about myself something way worse than, that, than is real, when reality hits me, it feels good. Because it surprises me, yeah. right? Like, oh, like I have a little bit of value. I thought I had zero value. Yeah. It turns out I have two value. That feels fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then you start settling for two value constantly, right? Yeah. Like you get in this spot where, like, I could be a ten, but but why shoot for that, right? Like two feels pretty good. I'll just be a, I'll just. It's not a zero, right? Yeah. It's not a zero. Yeah. And I and and somewhere inside of me. And the irony of believing that you're a zero uh, is because you really believe you're a ten, but you're afraid to engage with that, right? Mm. Like somewhere down there, you're really screaming, like I, I really do think I'm a ten, and then you put that, no, I'm a zero over the top of it to make the I'm a ten feeling go away, long, and then and then and then you just pretend that you're the zero, so that when people call you a two, oh, that's yeah, so good to be a two, yeah. I thought I was a zero. So that reminds me about my wife and I, speaking of American Idol, started watching American Idol again. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, my wife likes it, so I watch it. Okay. And sure, I'm sort of a... Sure. <laughs> but I'm also a... She I'm says also the same a, thing, huh? I'm a psychology geek and a... My and wife a, likes Gilmore Girls. Right. <laughs> no, I couldn't fuck Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is good. I've heard it's actually it's, good. It's, it's really hard. It's all right. <laughs> I will defend Gilmore Girls. But uh, uh, going to what Derek was saying, uh, American Idol, so... One of the reasons I like this season is Katy Perry's in there, and Katy Perry is one of those folks who, who has had to do that kind of work, where she—I mean, she has a she wear like a Jesus. She wear like a latex suit showing her cleavage. Is that no, no, no But she she grew up <laughs> <laughs> she she grew up in a really abusive religious situation, and that's how why she's a, such I, a good I, singer. Her dad was a pastor, and she her grew, dad was a pastor. They went on the road. I mean, not super abusive, but abusive enough to fuck her up some. She has as far as her self value. Because she prayed that God would give her big tits. Did you know that? <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if that's why she has <laughs> them. But I definitely... Oh, you have little faith. <laughs> <laughs> but she... She's one of those that had to pull herself out of some of that negative kind of self-value about herself. And so when when they have some like what you're saying, people that can sing or can't sing and have super amount of confidence about it, you know, they're blown out. But if they can sing a little bit and have really good confidence, they'll go forward. Or the person who can sing phenomenally right. with zero confidence is gone. Right. Because they can't get in front of it, they can't move, they can't they're like a deer caught in the headlights. Even though they have incredible talent. Yeah, you gotta have both. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that if you can develop yourself slower, Sia is a great example. Sia wore that freaking hair because she had her story is amazing too. So yeah, yeah. That yeah. so naive you don't understand. Yeah, that that helps. Naive Being really, yeah, yeah. Talent naive. being so naive. 
is just the same as being talented with confidence. confidence. Yeah. yeah. Except that that's where it really starts to bite people is when they do make it big and then all of a sudden the naivety catches up to them yes. one day. And that's when we get the really spectacular fireworks of celebrities. Britney Spears. Just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like Crazy Britney. Yeah, Crazy <laughs> so Britney was super fun. <laughs> super fun. Leave Britney alone! <laughs> Leave Britney alone! Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is interesting. Jessica Simpson, then? Hmm. Maybe. Possibly. She's not as fun as Britney. No. Not as crazy. Britney's still got stuff going. Britney, like, crashed and then figured it back out again. So it's okay to kind of... I think there's a lot of evidence that she's probably having some postpartum depression when she freaked out the way she did. But who knows? It's just one of those things. Yeah. (laughs) But... I'm sure there was a couple of factors. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. More than one. More than one. (laughs) There's something about, you know, to bring this down to a a darker level, but it's so true. Um, Sexual assault survivors tend to have a real ingrained self-hatred. And I think it has to do with the shame. It's almost like we need to be pulled out of it from the outside by someone Mm. who cares and someone who's good at it. Like it's not your fault kind of thing. Not just that it's not your fault, but that you have intrinsic value maybe because of what was said to keep us quiet. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of that. I, I, I use the analogy of uh, broken pieces. Like I was shattered into a, a million broken pieces and, and starting to collect myself. Just over the last year is, is amazing that I'm starting to identify some of those pieces. Not that I think I'm all put together or maybe I will never be, but the fact that those pieces are getting larger into the point where I can pick them up and and analyze them has been super helpful for me. And it's not just, you know, gratitude, it's it's re- recognizing my own value, you know, past past my family. Like yes, I love my family. That's part of why I produced and made a living and 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 those things, but it's getting that motherfucker out of my head. And I don't know if any guys are listening, or especially guys. I know that there's women listening that have gone through that too. You just gotta talk about it with somebody, a professional, because that fucker's voice can stick in your brain like a splinter, and you can positive think mm-hmm. fucking gymnastics around yourself. But until you talk about that and actually admit that that happened to you in front of another human being, um, you know. So that's really, that's another thing I've been thinking about too, this exact thing, is that there's a huge misnomer around the world, self, the word self-help. Mm. Uh, and Hegel, who you guys know I'm super into, talks about this thing called the struggle for recognition. And psychologists have really studied this and glommed onto it, and that uh, you telling yourself something, the beliefs just don't stick that well. Like, right? Mm. Like, it's kind of like, like, mm-hmm. don't curl with a little bit of fuzz on it, but somebody else telling you something that you already believe about yourself mm-hmm. or suspect about yourself, that shit sticks crazy hard. Like, that's, that, you know, that's something <clears throat> where it can happen once and 30 years later, it's still stuck on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, Russ, to your point, like, it's, so that's where all the negative shit 
sticks. But also, when you're doing the positive stuff, you've got to, like, like having somebody else who says, or where you say, I feel this about myself tentatively, and they say, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, like, yeah, like, like you stuck it on there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think therapy is. The opposite really for me has helped, too. Um, like, I've sat with this past week with Susan, um, and we were talking about just what I feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going through, you know, just to where I was, and she was kind of like, like, at least you have, like, you're a good dad. Like, you got that going for you, right? And you I'm are a good dad. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw that out there. You're great. And, you know, she says that, and I just, I just lose it you know she's mm. like what and I'm like I don't like, I don't feel it you know? mm-hmm. and I was talking to just about you know A, B, C and D and she's sitting there and it almost looks like she's crying mm. and I'm like fuck like I'm destroying her you know like, <laughs> like keep going right um, but she stops and collects herself and looks at me and she's like no like Chuck you are a good dad you know and so it's like, not necessarily that I believed it about myself and helped it stick more, but it was just seeing somebody else that's totally outside and honest and... Somebody you trust. Somebody I trust. Yeah. You know, it's like, no... And value like, whose opinion you actually value. Yeah. Right. And, you know, deep down, I I think I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really nice to have her, you know, it's like, no, 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 here, you know, as she paints the glue and fucking sticks it to myself. Um and we've talked about that too, you know, the self affirmations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just funny when she says, "Okay, say these three things," and it's like, yeah, it's hilarious. Well, and from an evolutionary standpoint, we have a strong negativity but, bias that we got to yeah, fight against. Yeah, and, it's true. and the negative beliefs and thoughts are more like Velcro, and the positive ones are more like Teflon. And actually, there was something I I forget what the uh, the study was, but it, it was like some neuroscientists came out with this study that you, I forget how many times, but like you literally need to have the positive ones be reinforced like six times as much as the negative ones in order for it to really stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to think about it for 20 but sometimes seconds. Not. Like if there's someone that you really, like I remember like my grandfather is someone I really, really respect. And I can remember some times where he said just really... Like he said it once, right? Like mm-hmm. really kind, affirming things mm-hmm. in a moment, stuck. and that stuck like instantly, and it's still stuck, and it's that's think cool. about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So there are moments where yeah, yeah, where totally. you, where yeah. you can really get stuck with something positive. Sometimes that blunt motherfucker who just always just says whatever you know comes to mind and is usually critical says something positive about you. That's good that too. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I liked about Leo. Like Leo, I don't know if you could consider Leo a positive thinker, but when he decided when he brushed the glue on someone, and I saw him do that in, in in recovery groups and stuff, man, they would be like, "Wow," you know, because a lot of the stuff he said was dark. It wasn't always, you know, it was very Jesus covered, and there was a lot of religion around it. But when he loved people with the glue. Man, it stuck like it was. It was beautiful. Like he had a gift for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he was a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't agree with all his theology. You know, he would he would bring up certain Bible stuff that I would be like, oh, I'm up against, but 
This kind of from a the way that yeah, the way that he loved people was amazing. It would even push against his own, his own, like his his intellectual beliefs about how the Bible worked or how God worked would push up against his heart. Kind of goes to that saying that I don't believe God's a bigger asshole than I. You know, I think Leo somewhere down deep really believed that, even though his theology up here might have conflicted. With that. Yeah, yeah. You had a thought. You were grimacing, or like, what was it? Oh, when Derek said about his grandfather, one of the things that always sticks with me about my grandfather is I was being teased. Uh, I came home from school and crying, and grandfather says to me, what's wrong? You know, it's, kids are picking on me. And, and then I then continued with, you know, but don't worry, sticks and stones, you know, words are never going to hurt me. And he looked at me and he's like, ain't that a bunch of bullshit? Yeah. No. I'm like, <laughs> that is bullshit. Wait a second. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. like he's a he swore. You know, it's like never never heard him swear. And then like yeah, you're right. Like that fucking it does hurt. If like, and it hurts. Pull, if you're, there's a time mm-hmm. to pull out the word bullshit, that's a good one. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, trying to stick something to somebody. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. like yeah, he did a bunch of bullshit. I'm just looking at him. You know, I'm like. That's right. It does <laughs> hurt. It does, it does hurt. hurt. It hurts a lot, you know. That's and a just sat, bullshit to tell we just sat there. And stones. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really cool because we just sat there, you know, in and that last moment. Way longer to stick bruising you. Yeah. <laughs> Your soul <laughs> bruised for years. Yeah, soul brewed for years. Yeah. Been therapy now because of that. How old were you? Oh, first grade maybe. First grade, man. Mm-hmm. First grade. Yeah. Kids were teasing you in first grade. Oh yeah. Damn. Were you bullied growing up? No, well... Until I figured out how to be the bully. Until I figured out how to be the bully, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I figured it out pretty quick. Second grade, third grade, that was the bully. I didn't figure it out very quick. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say I was was bullied, but what I've been... Some of the stuff coming up in therapy for me is awkward fat kids stuff. Yeah. From grade school. And and my remedy was to, I mean, you have to realize that the world's not going to change for you, so you have to change for it. And luckily, puberty was kind to me, and uh, I just grew out of it and actually made an effort to get out of it because the fairer sex started to interest me around sixth grade. And like, hey, I kind of want to hang out with one of those cute girls, and they're not going to have anything to do with me if I'm fat and gross, so I better change it, and, you know. That plus puberty plus you know these realizations it, it it just helps but yeah it doesn't make those years of oh yeah people really don't take kindly to fat awkward kids in their midst do they and no they they don't but mm. <laughs> and then yeah you're in therapy for it in your early forties <laughs> because some of it still sticks yeah just because you grow out of it doesn't mean that you lose it all it, it has at least you went the other way what's that from being fat to not. Oh, puberty plus <laughs> plus horniness plus uh, well, just that realization the world doesn't change for you. Yeah. You know, like for me, it was confidence because I couldn't gain weight to to save my life when I was a teenager. I fucking eat chips and cake, and that was pretty much my diet: chips and, and cake. cake. And I'd smoke weed, beer, beer, yeah, top ramen. Mushrooms. I couldn't. I was fucking like 100 pounds. <laughs> mushrooms. Oh god, mushrooms. Dear god. Oh, mushrooms are healthy. No. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low carbs. Something else entirely. But uh, 
Yeah. So, but the confidence. So, I was sent to a therapist after my parents got divorced, and I was just skipping school, and I had this really part of it was abuse, you know, just really hating myself, and that, and I had a a counselor who taught me about self-esteem because that was her diagnosis. Russ has low self-esteem. And they just pumped me full of self-esteem, which really inflated my ego. Well, so I still was really was... broken fucking kid with a really big ego, which wasn't helpful, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was helpful. I, I say that still. I had a therapist say, you know, that person might have saved your life because you were mm-hmm. probably suicidal at that time. Like I was... Not probably. They did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and being that guy, Mr. Confidence, fuck, it got me laid. I'm not the best looking dude in the world, but no, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, wow, the girls like me now. I quit school and grew my hair long and hang out with, you know, a bunch of bikers and fucking wild people. I had a conversation about that, too, on Wednesday with Susan. It's like, man, like... I just, for the longest time, I viewed myself as the predator because I just looked at women and it's like, oh, like you're fucked up. I can get laid. <laughs> oh, right? I laugh. That's horrible. I laugh, but it's so true. Yeah. As if you're the, if you're just looking for sex, that is an easy in. Just, I mean, and then Tom Likas. I used to listen to Tom Likas when I got, you know. Uh, when I got off the drugs and became more of a, uh, an addict with the behavioral stuff, um, yeah, hotter chicks are easier because part of the reason they're really hot is the insecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, and I guess that, that kind of reflects another jacked up thing about positive thinking, right? In, in the female perspective, a, a woman would be great to have Vaughn right now. Maybe it's nodding. <laughs> I don't know out there, but but I think that you know the prettier you can look, the, the, you wear those shoes and you have that dress, and and you'll get you'll get the guy. You dye your hair blonde or whatever it is. I mean, women are just the culture just floods women with insecurity. Marketing, it's the worst. No, <laughs> fucking all. Who's gonna land the plane? Not Ross. <laughs> I mean, no. John, I don't got anything. anything. Chuck, thanks for listening. Is this, is this a bad landing? <laughs> as I, as I, I look and talk into the microphone, right right I don't see a square button. They're circular buttons. <laughs> Let's listen now to a commercial for McPeter's Funeral Parlor. And friends, your loved ones can receive no finer care than that offered by McFuneral's Peter Parlor. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't kick it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This disc contains CD-ROM data and is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player now.